0: what's going on everybody brandon lewis here with the tennessee conservative news uh, podcasting and streaming from the house today it is raining cats and dogs outside and speaking of cats and dogs you may hear you may hear the faint whining of a puppy uh, we got a standard po- poodle named rocco i uh, fought getting a poodle um and or a dog in general for about 11 years and finally lost that fight and uh, so we've got one in there. He's in his kennel. We just walked him outside in the rain. So if you hear a, a little bit of a faint whine, uh, it's either it's either the dog or the children. So welcome to the Tennessee Conservative uh, Big 7 Weekend uh, Update. We've got some very interesting happenings, some of which you will probably expect, some of which you want. And I'm glad to have you here. If you would, in the comments section, Uh, Just let me know from whence you are watching, anywhere in Tennessee. Leave your smart-ass comments uh, (laughs) and other remarks, but keep it clean, relatively clean, PG-13 or 14, about the bills that we're about to go through. There have been a lot of interesting legislative developments, um, and I'm doing this in a little low-tech fashion on my phone, again, because I've had issues with my computer, hopefully next week my good friend Reed Uberman is going to come to the office and help me set up a more professional uh, way to get the news to you, and I hope that you'll enjoy it. So, without any further ado, let's get into what I consider to be uh, the three biggest stories, or the seven, rather, biggest stories in Tennessee. Math was never my strong suit because I was educated uh, in government school. Here we go. And this is one that just kind of grinds my gears, so I'm going to get into it. Three Republicans support taxpayer funding of illegal immigrant education in Tennessee. A bill that would stop taxpayers from being forced to fund education for illegal immigrants died in the House K-12 subcommittee on Tuesday, with three Republican legislators helping put an end to it. House Bill 1648, sponsored by Representative Bruce Griffey, Really about the only immigration hawk we have in the state would have given school systems the choice of whether they wanted to enroll students who are unlawfully here in the United States, meaning they are not U.S. citizens, they they are not residents of Tennessee. Uh, school districts who choose to do so would no longer receive state funding for those students, leaving them responsible for any costs associated with with educating those children. Republican representatives voting in favor of the bill, meaning we should not do this, were John Reagan, Scott Sepicki, and Glenn Cassida, voting with the Democrats. Voting with the Democrats against the bill were Representatives Mark White, Kirk Haston, and Chris Hurt. So if you know Mark White, Kirk Haston, or Chris Hurt, ask them why they think that you should be financially responsible for educating Children from another country, uh, who are put in classrooms with Tennessee kids. We've got very limited teaching resources. They're having a hard time even filling teaching positions. The classrooms are overcount uh, are crowded. Our kids in Tennessee education system, only a quarter of them can read at grade level. Many of these are in in, in schools where I kid you not, like the, the ability for the children to read in these classes is like it's in the Five, six, nine percentile. And what these lawmakers think is a really good idea is that you pay for the education of these children from other countries who speak a different language in the same classrooms that are already overcrowded and that you need to pay for it, which basically means that if someone shows up here yesterday illegally and then they show up in your kid's school system and they've got three kids, that you, the taxpayer, should spend about $36,000 a year educating these three children along with yours. I think it's a bad idea. And I don't see why Mark White, Kirk Haston, and Chris Hurt think that that's a great idea. I don't think that people back in their home districts would think that it's a good idea. So if you are from their home districts, I think you should spread the word that we've got people who uh, simply aren't going to look out for the interests of Tennesseans. Now, there's a big announcement I'm going to make. You can say now that you knew me back before I was a billionaire. We have recently launched advertising opportunities here at the Tennessee Conservative. I sent an email about that yesterday. And I know, because people have been after me to start a conservative news outlet everywhere you go, we need more conservative news outlets, we need more conservative news outlets. And I've heard it for 20 years here in the volunteer state. So I know now that we have advertising opportunities here at the Tennessee Conservative that there's going to be so much money coming in, we're going to burn it for warmth here at the Lewis household. So uh, you knew me before I was amazingly rich. So if you are a candidate, if you are a uh, conservative organizational leader, if you're a small business owner, or if you just want, if you're a small business owner and you just want to advertise with the Tennessee conservative so that you can uh, actually get get a tax deduction, we'll put your advertising uh, messages out in front of uh, the largest audience of grassroots conservatives and uh and and you can go to that uh that guide, I believe that Jason just posted it in the comment section. You click on that puppy and you can advertise with us. Uh and if you're if you're not much of an advertiser, you can also go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and click that donate button. Boy do we need the money. Uh this thing is not uh near break even yet, and uh we could use the help getting there. I don't need to make any money, I just need it not to cost me money. And uh, this is the first year in a long time the Lewis family has not really saved a lot of money, and it's primarily because we launched this news publication. So if you can help us out, that would be great. Uh, and that's TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. We'll send you a Don't California My Tennessee uh, Tumblr, which I can't show you because I didn't bring my props, uh, some bumper stickers, and a directory. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're one of these people, and a lot of folks walked up to me at the truck convoy and said, I'm not on your newsletter list. We never know when Facebook's going to shut this puppy down. I recently uh, w- looked at a group where we have some posts that I'm about to, to close because it's just not worth risking the main page here. And we had all these violations uh, because we had posted things that lacked context. And uh, one of the things that lacked context, and you've probably seen this meme floating around, is Anthony Fauci like on a milk carton, and it says, Missing. Everybody knows that Anthony Fauci isn't missing. Like, he's not a missing person. Everybody knows that. It is a joke. They fact-check jokes. It's funny because everybody knows that he's just not making public appearances, right? But that's the world we live in and censorship, which leads me to a very happy story that we're going to be covering later in The Big 7. Next story. Bill to establish verifiable paper trail for Tennessee ballots fails in the House subcommittee. A bill aimed at reestablishing trust in the Tennessee elections was debated in the House Elections and Campaign Finance Committee uh, on March 16th and failed in a 7-0 vote due to concerns about perceived implementation costs. When people talk to me about uh, election integrity integrity reforms, I always tell them your your big fight is not going to be uh, with anybody but the swamp and that is all of these bureaucrats uh, and government employees who don't want to do anything extra, don't want to learn anything different. All the people that direct elections, like they just want to keep doing it the same way they've always done it, and that's probably what will happen. Uh, It's the swamp up in Nashville. uh, The bureaucracy, the taxpayer-funded lobbyists, we'll talk about that later, Uh, those are the people that you really got to fight up in Nashville. House Bill 2074, sponsored by Representative Bruce Griffey, would have required county election commissions to use only ballot marking devices or hand mark ballots and tabulate ballots using an electronic tabulator or by a hand count specified the distance from which a poll watcher may observe the counting and processing of the ballots required certain security features on paper ballots similar to what we have with currency. Griffey stated that one of the main purposes of his bill was to get uh, Tennessee away from DRE, which is direct recording electronic voting machines, and get some kind of paper audit trail so we could go back and verify the machine actually counted uh, the way that people have marked the ballot. Seems reasonable. Apparently not. Mark Goins, uh, coordinator of elections for Tennessee, spoke against the bill basically stating that Tennessee elections are practically flawless regarding integrity and that the merits of Griffey's bill do not justify the cost. Representative John Crawford, Ryan Williams, and Dave Wright also brought up concerns about increased costs to county election commissions, and they would be required to cover 50% of the cost involved in the changes outlined in Griffey's bill. Griffey said, It is my understanding that the coordinator of elections already has a significant amount of money to try to assist locals. In the purchase of new equipment, all equipments, uh, all members of the subcommittee, except for Tim Rudd, who was absent at the time of voting, voted against the bill offering uh, favor to a somewhat similar bill sponsored by Rush Bricken. However, Bricken's bill most noticed, notably does not have the added security that Griffith's, Griffith's bill would have. Uh, brought with unique ballot identifiers and the increased presence of poll watchers, Griffey stated that the, uh, materially this bill would have been no more expensive to implement than Bricken's, uh, which has already passed through the subcommittee and is making its way through the legislative process. Now, some of this is probably the merit of the bill, and some of this is probably the fact that Griffey is carrying it. I love Bruce Griffey because he does not mince words. Uh, and, and he just goes right after the heart of the matter. He knows what his district and what Tennesseans want, and he tries to get it done up there, in many cases without a lot of compromise. And that people don't like that up in, uh, up in, up in Nashville. They don't like it. They want somebody that's going to fall in line with leadership and introduce a bunch of stuff that, that grabs a headline but is very weak and actually doesn't do much, so that when people go out and campaign, which they're about to do in a month or less— They say, oh, well, we passed this and we passed that, and they know that the typical Republican primary voter, not the ones that that tune in to our uh, shows and not the ones that read our publication, but your typical primary voter, doesn't know what's going on up in Nashville, and they don't know that a lot of these bills, frankly, don't do much. Next bill, and this is one that actually does much, and it's something I've I've been pushing. I've sent out emails about it, and I'd like for you to contact uh, this committee. Jason's about to put this in the uh, Ye oldie or Jason Rapala, I don't know who's doing this, uh, in the comment section. Social Media Common Carrier Bill moves forward despite two Republicans voting no. And I want you to make a note of these Republicans. House Bill 2369, the Common Carrier Bill that would stop social media censorship of Tennessee elections and citizens took one more step toward becoming law on March 16th in the House Business and Utilities Subcommittee. The bill was recommended for passage and referred to the House Commerce Committee on March 22nd. The A's prevailed in a voice vote, with only three subcommittee members requesting uh, to be recorded as no. Of these three were two Republicans, Representative Patsy Hazelwood. I am trading rhinos. I'm going from Todd Gardenhire, who is probably the most liberal senator in the state of Tennessee, and I'm picking up probably one of the most liberal state reps that's a Republican in the state of Tennessee, Patsy Hazelwood. So I'm picking up a better senator, moving to where I'm moving, or about to, in two, in a, two to three months, uh, but I'm picking up a bad rep. So I pick up a bad rep, and I'm trading him for a bad senator, it's just how it is. It's Patsy Hazelwood and Representative Kevin Vaughn. And this kills me, because how do you not know that Republicans are having to run elections with both hands tied behind their back, and that jokes and comments and factually accurate statements are consistently and constantly being being banned and censored. I mean, this is Orwellian. This is I never thought when I uh, was in civics class as a child and when I learned how important the First Amendment was that we would be living in a state where we censor things con- continually and constantly now. And to think that Republicans would not get on board with this just goes to show you they need to run as Democrats. Representative Dennis Power, backing up a little bit, uh, Senate Bill 2161, the Senate version of the bill, cleared the Commerce and Labor Committee on March 15th in a 7-1 to one vote in favor of how uh, and now heads to the Finance, Ways, and Means Committee, but has not yet appeared on the calendar. Representative Dennis Power, sponsor of the House bill, said it's passage out of subcommittee, Uh, We still have hurdles in another committee and then on the House floor, but I think the last two days were a win for conservatives who have had their voices suppressed concerning their political speech and viewpoints. After the Senate bill passed uh, through the first committee bill sponsor, Senator Bo Watson said getting the bill out of the Senate Commerce and Labor Committee was a big win for conservative voices, but there's still a lot of work ahead of us. We need people to stay engaged, and primarily we need people to stay engaged because we've got rhinos like Patsy Hazelwood and Kevin Vaughn who are not going to get on board with helping uh, free speech in our state. So you've got, we've still got time to, to, to register to run in primaries against these folks, and I hope some people do. If you support the legislation, uh, if you'll look at the links down here and do add some comments. It helps this thing travel. Uh, add some comments in here about what you think about these bill, where you're watching from. Uh, if you just appreciate what we're doing, the more comments we get, the further this travels and people need to know about this news. Uh, If you support the legislation, uh, it's important. Uh, Look on the website, look in the links below the committee members before their meetings next week. That's on the 22nd and the 23rd. Next bill. Weak e-verify bill amended uh, to only apply to companies with 35 or more employees, but it gets even worse. And this thing, this is why I hate this. Republicans go out on the campaign trail. I bet almost all of these people that killed the good bill to adopt this weaker bill will go out on the campaign trail and they will brag about this bill and it will be a lie they'll brag about this bill and what they're passing and it really does almost nothing and to me it's like i don't mind if you're not against illegal immigration and if you love illegal immigration necessarily but you should say it put it on your campaign website put it on your palm cards put it in your mail pieces I love illegal immigration. But that's not what they do. They go out on the campaign trail and they rail against it. And then when they get up in Nashville, because they know the mainstream media won't cover the things that we cover, they they, they pass these nothing burger bills. Let's read it. An E-Verify bill that was deferred until the 22nd in the Senate Commerce and Labor Committee, instead of passing out a committee on the 15th uh, with all voting in favor, now has to the calendar committee to be scheduled for a vote on the Senate floor. House Bill 1780 and uh, or Senate Bill 1780 and House Bill 1853, sponsored by Senator John Lundberg. Boy, that puppy is just in there rolling around. Probably should have took him upstairs. Uh, and Representatives Clark Boyd, respectively, originally sought to lower the threshold uh, for employers having to verify work authorization status of new hires through verify from those of uh, to 50 down to 25. Uh, but an amendment was added to change the threshold to 35, so they bumped it down by another 15. That number is just 15 less than the current law, and it prescribes, now here's the thing, here's the thing, here's what you need to pay attention to, and it prescribes no disciplinary actions or fines for businesses or individuals that are found to be in violation and would not ask that the employers use the verify system to verify worth authorization and, uh, status and if they are until they are hired after January first, twenty twenty three. January first, twenty twenty three. As if we do not have a problem today. Representative Bruce Griffey sponsored the Sterner E Verify bill that was basically killed by being sent to summer study. It would have expanded the type of employers subject to the requirements of E Verify to include, and I think this is a big important one: uh, public contractors and subcontractors with at least six employees, not including farmers. If you are a contractor and you receive taxpayer dollars and you're using illegal labor to execute the contracts and that's something Republicans can't even get behind, don't listen to all this anti-illegal uh, immigration stuff for most Republicans running for state rep and state senate because apparently it can't be true. In addition, Griffey's bill revised the present law with respect to penalties for violations and stated that the government entities, public contractors and public subcontractors would have been prohibited uh, from entering into contracts with one another unless each party used the E-Verify program all right next story senate education committee passes the parent bill of rights acts while the house deferred the legislation until next week the senate education committee pushed a bill forward that would allow parents to have more rights within their current school systems through a number of new requirements senate bill 2360 sponsored for by uh sponsored by rather senator janice bowling a great conservative senator would require that local school districts uh, allow parents to have access to certain information, including teachers' names, titles of books that can be found in school libraries, copies of teachers' manuals, and copies of textbooks. You you know, we wouldn't have to do this if our government education wasn't churning out garbage. It's like they're they're trying to teach all this trash, which they apparently teach the trash pretty well, but when it comes to reading, writing, arithmetic, basic finance, uh, things like that, they can't teach that. But, buddy, they can teach this other stuff. Uh, Bowling said there's no state statute that protects parental rights, uh, nothing uh, that some are considered fundamental rights, but this bill would solidify those. Among other things, under the new legislation, school systems would be required to obtain parental permission for extracurricular activities, including field trips, assemblies, guest speakers, and family life lessons. Parental consent and court order would also be required for any medical treatment. The bill now moves on to the Senate Health and Welfare Committee on March 23rd. And the House version sponsored by Representative Terry Lynn Weaver is scheduled to be heard in the House Health Subcommittee on March 22nd. All that contact information is down in the oldie comment section. And here's the funny thing, right? Our government education system is so broken. It's it's just amazing to me we have to even do this stuff. So bad. And we had Republicans kill school choice bills this year. Almost the same ones that killed every bill that would have allowed kids in the like bottom 10% of failing schools. I mean, I mean, you've got to figure, if, if only 25% of kids can read at grade level in our state, that means if you're in the bottom 10%, that your school has probably got like 2.5% to 5% of kids that can read at grade level. Republicans don't think that these kids deserve a way out. Terrible. Embarrassing. I don't want to. I don't I have to be evil from an outcome standpoint. Next story. Bill to remove obscene materials from school libraries slated for Senate committee hearing. It's just funny that we even have to do this. House Bill 1944, that aims to prohibit educational institutions from making materials that are considered obscene or harmful to minors available to students, has cleared the House committee committee process and soon will head to the House for a floor vote. Along with other requirements, the bill, if passed, prohibit educational agencies leas or public schools from making obscene materials or materials harmful to minors available to students in school libraries requires that each local board of education and public school uh, uh, adopt a policy that allows the parents to report to the school director any material in a student school library that is obscene or harmful to minors requires school directors to remove the questionable material from each school library uh, for a minimum of 30 days for the local school board to review and determine if that material is obscene, harmful to minors, etc., and require permanent removal of materials if they are found and it authorizes the commissioner of the Department of Education, which would be Penny Schwinn, which you might as well mail that to a trash can, um, to withhold state funds in any amount from school that fails to comply. I mean, to my knowledge, there have been lots of reports of teachers um, teaching critical race theory, even though it's against the law in Tennessee. I have not read or heard of any schwinn or anybody doing anything about it it's like here in our town we've got laws on the books against trespassing loitering panhandling like all kinds of stuff throwing litter down but they don't care about the quality of life they don't care about the quality of life so they don't enforce the laws if you got laws on the books and you don't enforce them i mean i don't see what the point in passing them is Next story, Tennessee Senator takes issue with taxpayer-funded lobbying during committee meeting. This actually happened with state rep as well. Um, I can't remember. I think it was Sexton, but not Cameron Sexton. Senator Kerry Roberts had stern words for two representatives of a state agency last week during a meeting of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, Jim Lehman from the Department of Children's Services and Doug Diamond, General Counsel for DCS, provided testimony against the Senate bill. The two gentlemen from DCS overstepped their bounds, according to Roberts. And he said, and I quote, I'm deeply offended by your testimony, Roberts began. You both have sat here and lobbied against this bill by a member of the Tennessee General Assembly. It is your role to tell us that whatever consequences you see from your professional opinion, but you, you're not, your role is not to sit here and say you're philosophically opposed to a bill. It's not your role to say it's bad policy. Roberts then mentioned being visited by another representative of DCS early in the day uh, who she had told we are tired of taxpayer-funded lobbyists coming to our office and trying to tell us what to do. We're going to try to follow up with the Attorney General who is supposed to be issuing an opinion on the constitutionality of this. I'm going to try to do that today if I can remember. And Jason or Paula. If you would like to do this, uh, you can just reach out to the Attorney General's office and see what you get. There is a uh, public relations person there I have been dealing with. I can't recall their name at present. It is Robert's belief that state agencies should be neutral. You ought to be Switzerland, he said. No one elected you to be a legislator. This is a legislative branch of government that is charged with the responsibility of passing laws. If you want to tell us that the consequences of passing a law uh, might be harmful, we need to hear it. Uh, it's a great use of your time. Uh, It's a great use of our time to listen, but it's not appropriate to come up here and tell us if you think it's a good idea or a bad idea. So, those are the top seven stories. Things that you need to know. We've got some good news in there, but a lot of it is pretty bad. Um, And here's why it is bad. It's not bad because... It's not bad because just on its face it's bad. The, the, The thing that makes it so bad is the campaign talk. If the campaign talked at at Lincoln Day dinners and at campaign events and at grip and grins and photo opportunities uh, with state and local candidates, it, if their talk was subdued, if their talk was moderate, if their talk was left-leaning, then I'd be like, well, this is what you expect. But it's not. It's not. It's like when somebody comes out to provide a service for you at your home and they, they tell you how awesome the service is going to be they tell you how fantastic the quality is going to be. There goes the dog. And everything else. And then it's terrible. It's like if you go to a steakhouse and they serve you, you know, some McNuggets. But you said you were a steakhouse. Well, I know that's what we said, and I know that's what the menu says, but here's what we actually serve you. That's the problem. It's the disconnect between the promises and the policy. And so few conservatives know about it. I need your help to get the word out, and it's expensive to get the word out. Time-consuming, so if you would, go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, hit that support button. Uh, I I know now, uh, after starting this in October of 2020, while we have so few conservative news outlets, it's because they're so expensive to run, and it's very difficult to get support for them. It's very difficult to find advertising for them. So, if you can help with advertising or support, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, TennesseeConservativeNews.com or you can go into the uh, comment section and see where uh, Jason has posted that ad guide. Alright guys, look out tomorrow, Saturday morning, in your email inbox for Brandon's Brain. I've got some commentary there that you will not see here. And I know that a lot of you like reading it rather than watching or listening to it. So, keep an eye out for that. Guys, I appreciate you. Love you. Be good. Have a great weekend. Take care.